Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, we have Emily Gerber-Poe with us today. And I am really pumped because she is an agency owner extraordinaire. She comes from a long line of insurance agents, but she's really taken it and put her own special twist on it and really taken it to a whole other level. So we're going to talk to Emily today a little bit about all the things that she has learned and figured out along the way and been able to really rock. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here, except for you said extraordinaire, and that's a lot of pressure. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I fall into the extraordinaire category, but I really, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I think you do. I think you do. So I think that it is awesome whenever we see women really being able to take not only the reins of their position, but take the reins maybe even in a family lineage type situation and be able to really make it their own and be able to really embrace that for themselves. So tell us a little bit about how you got into insurance and a little bit about how you got where you are today. Sure. So it was definitely not intentional. It was nothing I ever thought or planned. My, my memories of insurance were when my, I would work for my dad in the summers in high school and I would have to like file papers and every once in a while answer phones and I don't know, trim the hedges and pull the weeds. And I'm like, this <laughs> right. is horrible. Who would ever want to do something? I had no concept of actually what the business was. Um, but my grandfather is an agent, um, an agency owner, and he started his agency in 1943 with Ohio Farm Bureau. Nice. And was an agent for over 40 years. My dad bought his agency. He was an agent, agency owner for over 40 years. I joined him in 06, and I bought his agency in 2013 and have been growing and acquiring and moving and shaking through the state of Ohio since. Um, I just, I don't like to be bored. So we just try and do all the things all the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. So tell me a little bit about you coming in as a family member into this business. I know you said you pretty much did everything when you kind of stepped in and started really kind of falling in love with the industry and kind of a little bit of that. Of course, I wouldn't have been, you know, pulling weeds or whatever, but what were you doing that first gave you that first taste of independence or the concept of insurance that you said, this is an industry that I want to stick with and make my career? Sure. So my, when I very first started with my dad, I, you know, I, I was a recent college graduate and I really didn't know what I wanted, you know, who in the world at 21 years old actually knows what they want to be for the rest of their life. Right. So I didn't really know, but I jumped in, you know, with both feet in. And I, I think it was, I think my dad knew my personality well enough that he was more than willing to give me a chance. And I'm very grateful for that. And our personalities are similar in some areas and, some, and, and very different in others. But I think he recognized that I would be one that would become very addicted to the sale and, and the fight for the sale and the, you know, the chase, after, chase after the sale. And because obviously when you're in sales, you don't have a choice. You have, that's, you have to be hungry for it. And you know, a lot, a lot of people in the family industry, it's easy. It would have been very easy for my dad to just hand me a paycheck. Um, and I remember the first W2 I ever caught, 
I almost couldn't breathe because I realized I had hardly made any money. And (laughs) I was like, this is not okay. This is not what I thought. And I remember him having a really hard conversation with me and saying, Em, if I just give you everything, you'll never learn and you'll never grow and you're never going to survive. But if you fight for it and you work for it, you're, you're going to end up learning from your mistakes. You're going to end up um, actually understanding the industry and learning how to sell. And it was a really hard time for me, but I look back, I'm, I'm so super grateful that he chose to take me down that path because he believed in me. You know, I think he really saw that I, I was going to be able to, to take the family heritage and, and take it on another generation. Um, but yeah, so I, I've, I loved the sale. Uh, but also my dad was at a point where he was starting to slow down and starting to recognize he didn't have as much of that spark in him as he had, right. you know, as he used to, I was on board with him from 06 until um, 2013 when I bought the agency. And so, you know, he was, he was a few years from retirement and I think his brain and his heart was already starting to move in that direction where I'm coming in. And, and I remember him saying, Emma, you've kind of given a new spark of life to this place. So I'm also recognizing the importance of technology and social media and where him and his generation, it wasn't something that was even top of mind. But for me, I'm like, we don't have a choice. We've got to start moving in this direction. So it was a really good fit. And he and I, we work really, really, we always worked very well together and um, the rest is history. So it sounds like he was really open to those changes, though, because I know a lot of people, whenever they join an agency, especially underneath their, their family members specifically, that they have a really hard time kind of bringing along their their ideas and their dreams for the agency once they kind of get that bug and having the other people kind of engage the team members engage with that vision and or the current owner at that point before you really took over. How was that for you? Because I know that as a business owner, that had to be part of kind of Hey, these were cutting your chops, but kind of, sort of, right? Finding new ways that you could dip your toe into that innovation and leadership uh, pool and, you know, really kind of gave you a little bit of that background before you really took over and probably also helped you to be able to establish a rapport with the team of a leader. So tell me a little bit about that process, because I know that gets really scary, not only for the person coming in with all the ideas, but also for the team members that are a part of that. How did that go for you? So it certainly wasn't easy in the beginning. And um, my dad had a lot of very long tenured staff that had been with him for a very long time. And here I am, the young daughter coming in and, you know, they're going to think that she's going to get the royal treatment. And my dad, very, he was always open to my ideas, always opening to open to listen to me. One, one thing that I made sure I, I did with him because he's, he was very analytical was to make sure I understood and I had, um, I had whether it was statistics or, or some kind of education to back up what I was bringing to him to say, here's, here's what I'm saying and here's why I think it's important. So giving a why behind, here's how I think it can change the agency. Here's, here's why I think it will positively impact the agency. Instead of just saying, I want to do this. I want to do that. I actually gave him some bullet points of saying, here's some, here, here are the exact reasons of why I think that this is going to make a positive impact and a positive change. And I think once I started going down that route and proving myself and, and understanding that and he actually was able to realize now things are taken off his plate that he doesn't have to stress out about 
the move toward, you know, because companies are telling him and he's understanding he, he needs to be involved in the technology piece of it and the websites and the competitiveness. And now we're starting to compete with direct. And um, now he finally has someone that can come along and he doesn't even have to stress out about it. He knows that I'll take care of it. So I think it was kind of a combination of all of those things, him, him being willing to let go, but me also being able to prove myself. Um, I, I won't say that it was easy and I won't say that it happened overnight, especially with some of the staff. Uh, but what I will say is, that um, I did everything in my power to prove that I knew what I was talking about. And I was too scared to, to disappoint my dad anyways. Like, let's just face it, people that know us and work for us that we're friends or family with, I fully believe that they are willing to work harder for you because they don't want to disappoint you. Yeah. They don't want to have those hard conversations. And I felt that with dad. I never wanted him to be disappointed in me. So I, I probably actually went above and beyond more for him than I would have another, another boss. I love that. I love that. So have you kind of embraced maybe that family concept with all of your other team members and or maybe even with your own family, um, that idea of being able to bring in family? Because I know some people really don't like the idea of nepotism or family members working together. They feel like maybe there's more drama. They feel like there's more. But I can also see, I mean, my dad and I own the agency. Well, I own the agency to get um, on my own, but my dad was all say, I kind of went on over, set up my agency and, or set up the agency. And then he kind of came over and joined me. He doesn't have the ownership piece of it, but um, I mean, he does because he's my dad, right? I mean, you know, he's part of everything and, and, and we take care of each other, but have you found that to be challenging and, or have you really embraced that with your team members that, to be able to support their uh, legacy as well, I guess. I don't know. Because you said they had uh, some some legacy team members. Have you been able yeah. to, to kind of go that direction? Yeah. So um, we've had a lot of change in this agency in the last few years. I'm talking massive, probably more than I'll ever have in the rest of my career, the amount of change I had in the last few years. However, um, you know, it is a very fine balance of understanding who you can work with and who you can't. Yeah. And I hire fully based on personality tests now. So, um, and that's very important to me because I might be looking for a salesperson and if they are a very quiet, meek and mild and that, you know, I, I'm able to, t- I, I don't want them for that role, but I may need yeah. that role for someone that's political in the background running reports or whatever. So, right. but I say all that to say, Um, As far as working with family and friends, um, I am not opposed to it, but I will say it does, it does come with its challenges. And you, I think it's very important that you make sure that you have the right person in the right role, doing the right thing, doing the right things. Otherwise it can get fishy and, you know, Mm -hmm. it can get a little bit scary, but as far as the legacy, and I will say I have, um, I ended up a couple of years ago hiring some of the best people I've ever known and the hardest workers. And my VP of operations is hands down one of the best employees I will ever have. He's incredibly smart. He is um, very detailed with processes and systems, which I'm horrible at. And, but he and he and his family have been friends with us for a long time. And I've known them for a long time. Same thing with my agency manager, same thing with my executive assistant. And the reason I did that was because I knew their work ethic. I knew their personalities. I knew what I needed and I needed the strengths that they, that they brought to the table. So, um, and they also work very hard for me and I, none of us want those awkward, weird conversations. Like I talked about not wanting with my dad, but as far as the legacy team members, um, I actually have one staff 
who has been with us. She just celebrated her 37th year with our family wow. agency. And a lot of times that comes with too many challenges from technology mm. to not wanting to, to roll with change. Um, she's been incredible. She's been wonderful. And it's her personality. She was made to do exactly what she is doing. And she also trusts me. You know, she, she also recognizes she doesn't see everything in the background, but she's willing to put her trust in the trust bucket. Instead, we talk about this a lot, instead of the, um, the bucket where they're like, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not trusting you. I'm either trusting you or I'm not trusting you. I may not understand everything. I may not understand the why, but I'm trusting that you're going to make the decision what's best for the company. And she chooses to do that often. So I have another staff that's been here 21 years and on and on. So I'm just, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. I'm very grateful that I just have some pretty stinking amazing people. That is awesome. And I love the yeah. trust bucket. So tell yeah. me a little bit about the, the conversation around the trust bucket, because I think that's super interesting to me. And it's a great visual from where I'm expecting for you to go, which you may not go there. So I don't want to say too much ahead of time because I'm not real sure where you're going to go. But tell me a little bit about the concept of the trust, bu- trust bucket and how it works in your agency. Um, so I have to give credit to my VP of operations. Uh, when I hired him on, I was at a critical point where I either need to hire people who are smarter than me in certain areas that I I, I don't really either want to do, or I just was not created to be great in those areas. And I'm, I'm, I fully will recognize that we can't be all things to all people all the time and still be at our full potential. So I recognize there are some roles that need to change and he was one of them. So I hired him on, as the VP of operations. He took over basically the operations for the whole agency, all of our locations, all the systems, processes, streamlining things. And um, one of the things that he recognized coming in in the very beginning is he said, Emily, you run around like a ping pong ball. And we've got to we've got to figure this out so you're not running around like a ping pong ball. And um, one of the things that I that is one of my greatest has been one of my greatest blessings, but one of my greatest curses is I love people um, and I and I explicitly trust Um, and I I will trust you and I trust you and I trust you and I trust you until probably a million times. But that also gets me walked on as a business owner. So um, helping me recognize that and setting healthy boundaries, we started having a lot of conversations around, you may not like the change that's happening. You may not understand the change that's happening, but I'm not going to sink this ship. You've got to trust me. And so whenever there's something that you don't understand, you can either get grouchy and, um, you know, put the walls up and and be very resistant to the change. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to choose. There's two buckets you can choose to put your emotions and your your mental space into. One of them is distrust and one of them is trust. And so, um, you know, my VP of ops, he kind of brought that to the table. And we just had a big family open conversation with staff to say, here, here, here are your two options. One is going to get you grouchy and in a bad mood and toxic and the, the environment that we're not, we're not okay with here, or you can trust us and recognize that. Um, and I tell people all the time, I don't have a plan B like, this is my plan. This is my only plan. And I promise you, if I make a decision, it's because I've researched it. I've researched it. And I know that it's the best decision for our agency right now and moving forward. So um, it made a big impact, I think, on our culture, and I'm very grateful. And we still talk about it. Okay, where's your trust right now? Are you trusting me, even though you might not fully understand the why? Where's your trust? Right. I love that. I love that. I think that's a great conversation, and I think it's something too sometimes that 
everybody needs to be able to be reminded of, that we all have to make the choice to be able to trust, that we have to make the choice to move forward with growth, with, with you know, different, different um, projects, different things that are going on. I know you've had, like you mentioned, a really, really busy, crazy couple of years in the industry here, mm-hmm. last couple of years. Tell us a little bit about that and how that's changed your agency and maybe even... I'm assuming because of of the topic we're going into here, you've really had to work on your agency culture with that too. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Dot com cast certified so tell me a little bit sure. about um what you've been doing the last couple of years sure so i mean i'll even probably go back to when i purchased the agency from dad in 2013 um i i knew well like i said when i and i hired some more people on i have a choice i can either basically stay where i'm at because i'm at capacity I cannot do any more, or I can hire really wonderful people and smart people on to help me grow to where I want to be as a visionary. And I'm like, duh, that's my only option. So um, nationwide, I was a captive exclusive nationwide agent. um, And so was my dad. When I bought the agency in 2013, nationwide made the decision to take all exclusive agents and move them to independent agents. So um, there are never there will never be enough time for me to explain to you the transition of going from an exclusive captive agency to an independent agency i'm talking everything that the agency does from the phone calls that come inbound to literally every operational thing behind the scenes from agency management systems to marketing to processes to staff retraining. You know, you're going from one company to 20 companies um, to figuring out who I wanted to do business with, what companies do I want to align with. There were a lot of changes. Um, and so that was all around the same time that so we went independent July 1st of. 2019. I'm like, I don't know. It's all, it's all kind of melding together and um, COVID hit. Wow. Yeah. And we got it. We got to figure out how to manage with COVID. Um, I purchased an agency in 2018, two and a half hours away from my main location. Um, So I have an agency that is uh, a large agency that I need to have it managed well, that I've, I have staff up there. Um, then this last year, I had two acquisitions. We're doing book rolls. We're, um, you know, so then I have another location. Then I add another staff, an ag and a commercial specialist that's in a different county. So we've now gone from one location, one county to now we are, what, four times the size of what I was in 2013 with four times the amount of staff or three times the amount of staff with multiple locations. And um, I'm now independent, which means literally everything. I had to pay a branding company to rebrand me. I had to, it's just, there's not, like I said, there's not even enough time. So the amount of change that that, that was on top of 
my staff literally had to learn all new companies and all new products and still be on their A game. Um, Then we recognized our retention, we've been so focused on this, we need to get back to sales. Well, we can't get back to sales because our retention needs addressed. So Mm -hmm. I hire a company, we do, we have a whole retention program. We're working on touching every client every single year. We have new client programs. So you name it. I'm not joking. We have probably done it in the last three years (laughs) and and (laughs) we are, we are ready to breathe a little bit. I bet. I bet. Do you ever just, how do you manage everything? Because I know that being able to put everything in there, there's a lot of things you can't manage in a management system, right? There's a lot of things you can't track uh, here, there, or the other specifically, you know, how do you keep track of all the different pieces and all the different balls in the air to be able mm-hmm. to make all the different decisions that you need to make and not have something fall by the wayside? Because I know for me, I have a hard time. We, we've had this conversation, I think, before we actually started. We love the activity. We love going from one thing to another. We love having multiple balls in the air. And I almost think sometimes it keeps my brain fresher. I feel like my brain gets um, bored and much more distracted if I don't have 10 things going on at once. And um, may or may not be the truth. People always say that you can't really multitask. And it's not that I multitask, it's that I kind of go focus here, focus here, focus here, focus here, you know, right, left, right, left. But how do you keep those things straight and how do you make sure that you show up to be your best for your team every day because you have put the right people in the right the butts in the right seats right that's kind of what people say right the right butts in the right seats so by doing that how do you make sure that you show up for them on the other side of that conversation as a visionary and as an owner that's a really great question and um number one it's not easy but the best decision i ever made was to hire really highly qualified people to, to do the things that I was not great at doing or that I just quite frankly, didn't want to do. So I am not great at saying I need this report or I, I I don't even, sometimes I am so, like you said, visionary, go after the goal. I'm looking five years ahead. I'm looking two hours ahead. I'm looking a month ahead. Um, and I move very quickly, but because those that can cause Um, a really great chain reaction for a lot of really great things. I'm very highly productive and I'm very people oriented. However, I do miss things and it sucks really bad when I have to come back and say, I moved too fast that I missed this. So I just hired some really super smart people that um, are really great in the, in the areas um, that I am not. So I hire to my weaknesses and there are, you know, I have a leadership team that is probably larger than most agencies, but Um, they're multifaceted, they're licensed, they can still sell, but they also help me run the business. And so where I am not, again, I'm not great at processes and systems and keeping track and making sure we're not missing things, but my VP of ops is amazing. I'm not great at detailed, analyzed, color-coded charts of all the reports and all the things. My agency manager, she's phenomenal at it. She thrives in it. I'm not great at, uh, we, we call my executive systems our chaos executive assistant, my um, chaos coordinator or our chaos coordinator. She literally sees things before I even recognize it needs done. Um, And so it's just, honestly, it's having those people in there and our aces in their places is what we call it. We need our aces in their places. And sometimes um, there have been, there have been people in the past, maybe in the last two or three years where we've made a lot of these changes, where we've recognized they're really wonderful and we want them a part of the team. They're just not in the right role. And so we've actually taken people from a certain role and kind of 
maneuvered and managed them into something different and they're doing phenomenal at it. And, um, and I think, you know, kind of, we call it the Gerber family and even our clients, we, we say, we're so grateful you're part of the Gerber family, but the staff feel the same way. And, and I think, um, I think it's just making just empowering people that whatever you're really great at doing, instead of us all banging our heads against the wall, trying to do everything, we just weren't, I'm, I'm not made to be an analyst and sit in a chair all the time and look at numbers. I just, I would die, but some people are. And so it's just hiring to those, hiring to those weaknesses. I love it. I love it. So, so you've said kind of a little bit too, you're ready for a little bit of a rest, right? For some of this, the, you know, some of your chaos, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I had somebody once tell me that my life was just too chaotic and I said, no, my life is fun. It's interesting. It's dynamic and it's, it's expansive. Right. Mm -hmm. But for this other person, it was a lot. Right. And so that was perfectly fine. So what, I mean, I, cause I think, and I talk to people a lot and we say that, that, a, a, a business is a breath, a breathing entity, right? And there are times that we need to push. There are times that we need to lay back. There are times that we need to grow. There are times that we need to, to, to come back and recenter, right? And so um, do you feel that with the, that. the cycle and the different parts of a business that you are really feeling that? Because I think, I think sometimes we can push people and then we need to lay back for a little bit and then we need to grow and then we need to lay back for a little bit. And maybe we need to grow over here and then we need to grow over here. And it's, it's like, it's this constant um, moving, breathing entity that I just, I love. How are you, how are you going, doing that for the future, being able to kind of manage that process? Yeah, I love that. I've never, I've never heard it explained or illustrated that way as a breathing entity, but you're right. It is. And, and I think as a leader of a company there, there is never really, I don't think there's ever been a season that's ever been the same for me. Right. Yep. And, and I'm okay with that. And I love that. And, you know, people will often say, how do you do everything you do? And, you know, I can say I have a great people and I, you know, I can say, a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, it's because, um, you do have to have some of those times of rest and you do have Mm -hmm. to kind of step back and say, um, both for me and for the agency, you know, I can't, I can't expect people without my personality to go, 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 and do a million different things like I do all the time. Um, because it literally will kill them the same. It will kill me by not doing it. It will kill them by doing it. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's an ebb and flow. And I think, you know, I, I can't always be in a constant state of two acquisitions at one time. It was chaos. Like it's a lot, it's a lot for appointments and training and location. And it's a lot on my management team and it's a lot on the new staff. Um, however, it is necessary for growth. You know, I had an opportunity to purchase two agencies, six months apart in the same town. I'm going to do it. And, um, so I think it's just having everybody on board and helping everyone. This is a, this is something that we've, I've really tried to push and us as a management team have tried to push with my, with my company and my staff is that the chaos that you feel like feel right now will not last forever. Mm-hmm. It is just a season. It is just right now. I promise you there's light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you we're going to breathe. And also this chaos is a really good thing. It means we're growing. We're not dying. We're expanding. We have the capability of purchasing other agencies and your job is secure. And so, um, I think it's, <laughs> right. I think it's, just, yeah, 
I think it's just the way it's communicated as well. Um, there are seasons where I need to breathe, but that doesn't mean I'm not busy and I'm not planning for the future. It just means that I don't have my hands in a hundred things that maybe I have my hands in 50 things. Um, and, and a lot of times you probably feel this too. I think all agency owners feel this at Christmas time, which is where we are right now. There's like all this pressure of like everything that has to be done and all the quotas that have to be met and all the companies are wanting to meet. And, you, you know, I, we have, uh, our commercial and farm client, you know, sending out Christmas cards and just dropping gifts off to, to, um, clients and trying to get this all done. And at the end, it's like, I'm able to breathe and I'm able to look yeah. back, not that it was chaos, but look back and say, that was a really good year. And I'm really lucky to be able to do what I do. And, um, it's part of that, like you said, part of that breathing entity of like, okay, I can rest. I can relax for a second. And that way, when the next chaotic season comes along, I'm ready for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's too to not ever think that we're going to get into one season. It's just going to be that way forever. Right. Right. And- you know, and not for our team, our team shouldn't think that either, right? Because it is going to change like, oh, this year, we're going to work on growth. This year, we got to have two acquisitions. You know, mm-hmm. this year, we're going to work on more in sales. This year, we're going to work, we're going to, we're going to recenter back to um, uh, processes, right? So like, for me, I don't go quite at your speed, but I purchased an agency three hours away down in Austin. And we just had two sets of, of processes from two agencies that have been around for about 20 years each. And so it's just one of those things where to bring everybody together, we've, we've merged platforms, we've done a lot of these things, but now we need to go back kind of, I hate to say back to center, but we need to come back to kind of basics a little bit and say, hey, you know, here's where we do that. Like my, like the agency up here in Dallas, we work with virtual assistants, the one down in Austin never has. Kind of that kind of thing, to be able to help them to get the assistance or, you know, whatever, to be able to grow in, in the way that we kind of have the same structure. So I love that we are going to this year take that opportunity. Last year was my first acquisition and um, kind of maybe I took it a little bit slower than I should have. I don't know. Um, I just kind of wanted to watch the agency for a little bit and kind of see how things kind of worked. And um that's been really good. And there's a lot of things we didn't watch that we changed and we Mm -hmm. moved with, but there's a lot of things that we, we have watched. So now I think for this next year, for 22, we're going to kind of bring it back to center and we're going to rework some of our basic structures, make sure that both agencies are doing things the exact same way. And we need to update our service and our manuals. I hate to use the word manual, but, but I mean, our, our, our documentation, we need to update those processes and the documentation so that as we bring on more people, we're ready for that because we've changed so much in the last three to five years with everything and COVID's changed how we do things. And um, we need to make sure that we update those. So that's that I love that that process of understanding that chaos is just it's just it's just motion. It's just motion is really all it is. And as long as we're in motion, we're growing, we're better today right. than we were yesterday. Right. I agree with that. I love that. I don't think anybody wants to go to a job and just be bored all day long. You know, I mean, you know, I don't, I just don't think that's going to work for me at all. So, so whenever you are working on all these different pieces and you're bringing people in, um, I guess my, my next question is just, um, I'm assuming you just have regular meetings with everybody to be able to keep everybody on the same path because communication can be really challenging with groups of people and growth and locations and, and, and all of that. What is your number one 
strategy for being able to keep your team aligned? What is your number one strategy for keeping everybody informed, people feeling like they're in the loop as you guys grow, as you guys are changing and evolving? What is your number one tip, I guess, for agencies that are trying to do things like that, but might have different locations, different people? And I know sometimes I get going and blowing and I forget to tell people that I'm doing stuff. How do you, how do you manage that? Um, I would say, uh, communication is key and keeping, keeping everyone as connected as possible. So, um, you're right. Doing acquisitions takes a lot of time and it's not a, a switch that you can flip, but I think the more streamlined the processes are, the easier it is for everybody to recognize and understand what the rules are and, and everything's very clear. So, um, as far as communication, I, I would say that's probably my number one. So I do, we do sync meetings every, we do a leadership meeting every Monday morning at 830. So our leadership team meets, we go over the week, we go over issues, problems, things we're going to talk out, talk about at the staff meeting the next day. Um, Mondays are literally meeting days for me and my management team. So we do a sync with every single t- uh, member of management. Um, and so from executive assistant, VP of operations, the manager at the Lima location, our agency manager, we do a sales call for all the sales people. Um, and then we do a sync with, um, we have, we have two virtual employees, but one of our virtual employees, we do a, a sync with her as well. Tuesday mornings, we do a full blown staff meeting. It's all on zoom. Everybody across the board, hears the exact same thing. It's recorded because if someone's not there, then they can get on the call. Um, like and that. so, yeah. Uh, or they can listen to the call. So I think communication is key and expectations, um, you know, correcting what we care about. So if there's something where one person isn't doing it correct, instead of saying, hey, everyone, we need it, you know, we just address it immediately and say, hey, I know you didn't need to do this, but and kind of correcting what we care about. So I think that that's um, that has really allowed our team to feel like one big happy family, even though we are literally spread out amongst states and different states. and different locations. And I think it's been very, very, very critical and very important as well as um, our management team do not, not asking a staff to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. So if I'm not willing to have a conversation with a client, then I can't expect my staff to do the same thing. If I, and sometimes, and sometimes um, also helping the staff to recognize no one's going to work any harder than I am. I'm the owner of this company. No one is going to work any harder than I am. And my, my management team is the same way. And I think by developing that, the, that respect and having that communication, I don't know, there's probably a lot, people may disagree. Those are probably for us the biggest, because I think when people, when you're transparent and you communicate well, it's easy for them to put that trust in the trust bucket. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, Emily, you have been a ton of good information. And as an agency owner, I probably maybe uh, asked a few selfish questions in there of things that I'm <laughs> trying, to, trying to manage just to say, sometimes I do get a little bit of extra, you know, extra love in my brain sometimes <laughs> in these types of processes. Because I know that um, I'm nowhere near where you are, but at the same point, I'm in the same, the same genre path or whatever. So I appreciate you answering my questions today. And um, taking the time to help other insurance agency owners, women, people in the industry 
to be able to hear a great perspective on an agency that's in a growth pattern and um, an agency that's led by a strong visionary. I think some agencies are really uh, driven by sales structures and others are driven and they're all driven by sales structures. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, there are also a lot of them are driven more by more visionaries, people who are more visionary oriented than other people and other agencies. So I love that you have such a great vision for where you're going, what you want to do, what you're happy about, the, the um, self-awareness that you kind of know what you really want to do and how, you know, your agency and structure. Because I know that probably is very good for people to be able to get on board with because you're very clear. I love that on who you guys are and your agency structure. So I think that's fabulous. You have been amazing today. Oh, thank you so much. I, I certainly don't, ex- I, I, I don't have it all together. So I think one thing about being a good leader is recognizing when you're wrong and recognizing mm. when you've made a mistake and being able to go to your team and say, you know, we're going to pivot because this actually didn't work like I thought it was going to. But um, but I think that that humility is what kind of helps us keep us grounded. You know, also, I'm a mom of two little girls. So talk about humility. Like they will tell me anything. And I'm like, wow, OK, thank you. I, <laughs> God gave you to me so I would never get a big head. But um, I think I think just recognizing that leaders don't have to be perfect. Um, I, it, and trust me, I'm, I'm close to 40 and it took me a lot of years to recognize that I would put so much pressure on myself. Like, I can't admit that I'm wrong and I can't ever make a mistake. Yeah. No, I'm human, you know, we're human, but also, also, you know, being able to live and revel in, in the gifts that we've, you know, and the, you know, whether it's intelligence or it's being a visionary or it's, you know, just being a workhorse, like there's a lot of really good traits and qualities of, of everyone, everyone's created with, you know, really great traits and qualities, but just really grateful to be able to have a job where I love it so much. and I'm able to do what I love to do. It's kind of crazy. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, is this really what I, is this really what I get to do? Like, I, this is really amazing. So thank you for your kind words. Um, I appreciate you just wanting to listen to me. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely just a regular person kind of on this same path where a lot of us are on the same path of just trying to figure it out and do the best we can. And some days we do great. And sometimes we don't, some days we don't. But um, I think being a woman in the insurance industry is a really powerful thing because we kind of are the unicorn and um, it's very much an older male dominated industry, which is, which is fine. And it, it worked great for a really long time. But I also think that we bring some fresh new ideas and a perspective yeah. and an emotion that, that men often don't, um, don't bring, um, not always, but just, it's different. It's very different. And so I think it's really cool that there's kind of this movement, you know, and so I'm really grateful that you asked me to be on here. Well, I'm thankful as well. Well, you know what, if I can do anything else for you, just let me know in the future. But if people want to reach out to you and pick your brain a little bit, maybe ask questions that I didn't ask, because I'm sure I could ask you a ton of other questions if we sat here long enough. But if people want to reach out to you, how are you most comfortable with them reaching out to you? Um, Email is the best way to reach me. Um, you will get to me quickest that way. And it is simply Emily at Gerber insurance agency.com all spelled out. Um, certainly my website is just Gerber insurance agency.com. And I can, you know, you can find our agency contact information there and you can always reach me that way as well. But the fastest would simply be my email. 
I love it. I love it. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're busy, but we have wrapped up another episode today of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We do have a new episode when we talk to an amazing woman every single Wednesday. Make sure you check us out. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, all your cool places to be able to listen to a podcast and make sure you subscribe because you know what? That's how people find us. Everybody have a great week.